Final word, World Cup Daily. Adam Collins with you, Vidushan Hantaraja with me. Day three, Afghanistan playing Bangladesh up at Durham Sala. Now, daily shows are for Westfield, London. Westfield, Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. We're in my backyard in London, where Vish lives around the corner, so we've been watching it together. Tell us about the game in 30 seconds. 30 seconds, well, okay. Rabbit Little Gabra's got off to a, a great start, and it looked for a moment that Afghanistan were really actually in it for the long haul. I think we see a lot of them in T20 cricket, mm. and they're all guns blazing. It looks like the guns were set to three rather than five, and they botched it. They were 112 for two, ended up losing two wickets for Spit, and then the third wicket soon after that. Ramalula Garbras was the only batter of note to really do anything before he gave it away, but I mean, credit to Mahidi Hassan. Yep. Then went and got the runs as well, and Shaki Hassan, who just does what he does. So, in the end, uh, Bangladesh win by six wickets with the better part of 16 overs to spare. They chased down 157 in 34.4 overs. Unbeaten was Shanto, our guy we've been talking about a lot over the last 18 months. 59, not out. A half century from Hedi Hassan, who made 57 to go with his three for 25 from nine. Excellent figures. Three for 30 for the captain, Shakib Al Hassan. And yeah, you mentioned Ramanullah, who made 47. It felt to me like the whole game drifted from there because they get a pretty good start right they're 50 for one after 10 which in what we've seen so far in the world cup that's you know roughly par it's a game played in the morning at durham mm-hmm. sala we're expecting the ball to do a little bit naturally uh, the toss was won by bangladesh who sent afghanistan in we're seeing teams want to chase in this competition and yeah you say 112 for two um but yeah it felt like that slow ball from mustafiza that was placed out to deep point uh, Ramanula uh, holding out for 47 from there. It just opened a big door up to the two major spinners from Bangladesh and they climbed through it. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I, th- I think a lot of teams are going to... You know, we went into this World Cup appreciating the fact that they were, we're playing at very different venues you know, across India, so we're going to get very different conditions. Mm. You're almost waiting for the first game to be played at these set venues. And I do wonder if actually England are looking at this thinking, right... I wonder how much we can take from this because it's interesting, you know. Even at the halfway stage, I think Owen Morgan was going onto the pitch, showing how hard it was, and um, you know the ball was doing a lot early, and it looked like Afghanistan got through that actually pretty comfortably, as yeah. you say, with their power play start. But I mean, Mehdi Hassan is is one of those players. I think England fans will remember him from um, you know really bursting onto the scene, you know, because you can only burst on the scene against England. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but in that 2016. Um, series uh, in Bangladesh where you kind of knew this guy was a gun off spinner and it's only really recently actually that they've been making use of his batting per se this is the first time I think he's batted at number three having spent most of his career at seven and eight and um, obviously with the ball first up he's just got nerves of steel really and and it's funny seeing him with Shakib and thinking right you just they've you know they've been teammates for a long time now but you can just see when when Shakib decides enough's enough you know, he hands over the talk to the bloke, bloke who's already established next to him. Yeah, they, they, they do two very different things, don't they? So Shakib, battle-hardened, T20 pro, knows how to um, keep the stumps in play the whole time. Whereas Mahedi's, uh, what I've always liked about him, and you know, that series in 2016 was the first time I saw him play. I think it was an 18-year-old, three six-wicket bags against England, player of the series there, made a half-century against India early in his test career as well. So he's always had the potential with the bat. But what I love about him is you watch the ball in slow motion, he puts so much work on it. Yeah. He's trying to get side spin. He's a kind 
kind of an, an old-fashioned off-spinner. One ball today to clip the inside edge, having spun prodigiously. One of five Afghanistan batsmen who were bowled. I think three of those were chop-ons. So it was yeah. a slightly, um, slightly two-paced surface, if you like, despite being, you know, as you said before, hard as a cat's head. But yeah, the, the way Mahedi offers something with bat and ball now, more senior player in the side. He was actually captaining them, captaining um, Bangladesh in the warm-up game. So I suppose he's technically the vice captain. Yeah. Now they've taken yeah. Tamiya at the back and gotten rid of him for the time being. <laughs> And that's Shakib's doing, of course. But, you know, Bangladesh's record over the last four years in one-day cricket at home has been exceptional. They've not lost a series for years. Yeah. Um, it feels like, I mean, we said it in the previous show, they've got a massive game coming up against England in a few days from now. I don't think they're as far behind the, the, the front pack as people might think. They're, they've been under the radar through the World Cup Super League, but... They've got off to a great start here. They have a very healthy net run rate to begin with, and we know that can act like a second win. I reckon they're more than a puncher's chance against England. Well, the thing, you know, to to be in with a shot, it's really the bowlers that that you need in a 50-over game. We saw it a little bit with New Zealand against England, really. But, you know, if you look at their... I feel like they've got everything covered. They, You know, they've got bowlers who turn the ball, you know away from left-hander and right-hander. Yep. You think their pace attack as well. Obviously, we know all about the fears and we all kind of really all know about Tuscan Army. Tuscan, yeah. Um, but you think of like Shroff al-Islam as well and the way mm. he came in today. Like They have a little bit of everything. And there's part of me that, you know, I, I, I do I, I do think the World Cup is poorer for, um, for no tummy McBowl. But at the same time, you look at their their batting lineup, and there's a level of calm through there. I, I think sometimes they get... You know they got caught a bit between a rock and a hard place today with them deciding whether they were going to you know knock off the runs quickly or, mm. or you know just buy their time and in the end they did the latter. But you know even Shanto just being there at the end and like seeing it through, having basically played possum for the first you know 15 overs of his his particular innings, like really d- does feel like there's a bit more around him. I mean there, there are the players we mentioned they're all battle hardened cricketers. You know Mahedi might only be 26, I think. Um, you know Shanto is only um, 26, 28. Um, uh, Linton Das is 28. Yep. Um, you know, you've got players like that who have been around the scene for a long, they're, long they've time. They've played a lot of World Cups too. Yeah, like, you know, T20 well, yeah. World Cups, two of them since the last 50 over edition. They went far away from making the semis last time. I know lost to Pakistan on the final day. So they were probably a win and a half or a win plus net run rate from making yeah. the final four. Of course, they knocked off the Windies uh, last time around and they had a, a really impressive win against South Africa. So uh, that's Bangladesh. As for Afghanistan, they were just held up early on with the bat, weren't they? I mean, they, they we talked about Ramanula, uh, uh, I mean, Zadran as well, making 22 from 25, but then uh, Hashmatula, the captain, 18 from 38, he was one of a couple of wickets that fell from top edges trying to force the issue with slog sweeping. They didn't look like they were just quite clicking today. There were a couple of moments uh, peripheral to it as well, which which bolstered that, and I'll come back to one of those in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, the experience of Muhammad Nabi, he was knocked over by Tashkin Ahmed, who you mentioned before, he's got that extra yard of pace. Yeah. Lots of experience now as well, moving back towards the right-hander. Might have even been a hint of reverse in that delivery. Um, yeah, I share that view with you. Like They seem to have most bases covered. And Afghanistan, who now have 13 games in a row in 50-over World Cups where they've not won. They went winless uh, in 2019. They won one game in 2015. So a lot was made before the tournament of the Netherlands being the side that everyone expected to um, lose all nine games. Well, you know, maybe it is Afghanistan. If, if it, it, They did have moments. Like I don't want to make it sound like they were they were hammered today, but it wasn't like they couldn't have got their way back into it. They were unlucky with a leg before decision, which again we might Oof. come back to in a moment. Yeah. Um, 
They dropped chances. They got two early Bangladeshi wickets. They could have got. They could have had them thirty-eight for three. Yeah, they, they probably should have. Gone, yeah, well, he should have gone early. Yeah, yeah Najibullah the the drop at um, backward point. Yeah, of Faruqi, who actually. Yeah. You know, you said there were. You know, we could probably go through this game on a different slant and say and talk about the missed chances from Afghanistan. And I think maybe we'll be meeting them more than halfway with the bat. Certainly up top with the ball, like Faruqi was getting it to hoop, probably yeah. wasting it actually. There was a lot of early movement. And it was only when he came around the wicket that he got the initial breakthrough anyway. And then the drop at backward point, and you're, yeah, you're kind of thinking, right, what, what might have been? Because, you know, Bangladesh would be susceptible as anyone, as maybe even Afghanistan, of, of falling away. But there was just, in the end, just didn't, didn't get enough runs. And even with the batting, you mentioned the top edges. I think basically as bad with the number of times that they were trying to basically work the ball off the straight and getting mm. essentially mm. what we had three chop-ons or something like yep. that like five bold three chop-ons yeah just like very very unnecessary I thought especially when you consider that is ex- Darren Shiloh is exactly the kind of ground where you just hit straight the short boundaries are the straight boundaries yeah so Najee Buller was one of those who, who was bold and, and also he took after before dropping the catch at backward point, which was a straightforward one and a crucial one, he did execute a brilliant run out too yeah, at the non-strikers yeah. end, which uh, which got them going at the very start. That was um, Tunzid who made runs in in the warm up games. He was run out for five, and then even um, he batted a bit funny, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. So he was only there briefly, but still, uh, Tanzid having um, won that last spot in the side, that last batting spot. Lytton Dus, who we saw bat so well against India in the T20 World Cup at Adelaide last year, he was bowled chopping on as well. Again, pointing to the the, the surface today, Durham for 13 from 18. So there was a window there, but Mahedi and Shanto shut it down. Shanto's class. I love the way that he plays the ball through the onside square, but with straight arms. Like yeah, it's such a yeah. aesthetically pleasing thing to see. Um, it's the kind of thing that gets coached out of you, coached out of you quite early, doesn't it? Right, right. Yeah. Unless it's kind of your trick and, yeah, and, and yeah. seemingly his. And Shakib was there towards the end and, and the winning runs were struck. Two boundaries consecutively uh, from Shanto there. Um, just on the, um, the uh, leg before that should have been, that was at a point where, again, in all probability, Afghanistan are losing that game comfortably anyway. But Mahedi on an even 50, the, the two balls after raising his half century, um, a delivery from Majib uh, that uh, is given out on the field by Joel Wilson, had to change his decision. I felt sorry for Joel Wilson mm-hmm. there. Um, Ashan Raza, who's upstairs, excellent umpire, but we've been talking on the final word for years now about the need for, for specialist TV umpires and yeah. not putting the burden on central umpires, sending them upstairs into the booth and having to interpret technology. He was in a tough spot because there was, yes, a spike as the ball passed the edge of the bat, so he was almost duty-bound to, to give it if you look at it through that interpretation, but it's very, very clear that the bat is thumping the bottom of the pad at exactly the same time, and the angle the bat's on makes it quite likely the ball has gone through. In fact, if you really wish to, you can kind of see a gap there of daylight. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Ashan Raz has given it, but if we have, um, if we charge that responsibility with specialist TV umps, who are, and I know VAR this week's copped a lot of grief over here in the Premier League, and nothing's perfect when interpreting technology, but um, that felt to me like... Uh, a human error that didn't need to be. Yeah, well, I mean, we can almost work backwards on that because you mentioned the Premier League football thing because actually if, if the Premier League had the same kind of script that cricket goes through, then we get we wouldn't have had the issue in the football because basically, right. actually, when it, when Raza sends it back on, he says, right, um, you, you can stick with your now decision. And Joel Wilson's like, no, no, but I, no, no, I no. gave it out. Yeah. I gave it out. So they start the process again. And then he took another, what I think, this is my theory, I'm not sure if it, it rings true. You can hear the background noise from the TV commentators in the box going, oh! <laughs> and then he goes, oh, can I have a look at the uh, <laughs> Ultra Edge, please? I yeah. wonder whether he heard through his earpiece 
It sounded like Dooley to me, going, oh, um, whether he heard that. He's like, oh, shit, I better check one more time. Uh, And and eventually landed on there being, by his interpretation, an inside edge. But yeah, that's one of those that um, we'll probably keep banging on about um, until they um, realise that there are people who are better suited to... uh, yeah, audio engineers, not umpires, yeah, who've been standing yeah. in the middle making these line ball calls that their whole lives as umpires. It's a different job altogether, different skill set. Yeah, and there's, I think there's something quite interesting that's happening with DRS. You know, I'm, I'm broadly, well, I mean, I am fundamentally a fan of it. I think the mistakes are few and far between. Yeah. But what I have noticed, and you kind of notice it a bit, well, I noticed it a bit during the 100, whereby... You know, the onus is on getting the game going through quickly. But I saw, I've seen it a little bit already in this World Cup, bear in mind we're only a few days old, um, is they want to really get through these reviews with speed. And that was a rush review to me. Mm. They didn't really take the time to actually analyse it. And sometimes that's worse. But it felt like he saw the spike next to the bat and, and didn't kind of almost engage you know, his nous, really. As you said, like he's an accomplished standing umpire. You know? Absolutely, one of the best in the world. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Also, just even to look at the back face, as you mentioned before, it's pointed towards extra cover. The ball's going in between. Yeah. Very unlikely that there was actually any contact there. And I think I think there's just there was just an element of be- uh, guesswork with that one. And I think as soon as you get that inkling, it's just a bad decision, isn't it? All right, Vish, let's go to the final word, Hall of Fame. The final word, Hall of Fame, is brought to you by Westfield. Rediscover the magic of the festive season this year as you glide around (laughs) Europe's tallest Christmas tree at the ice rink at Westfield, London. Whether you're as comfortable on the ice as the West Coast Eagles circuit in 2005, that is an inside joke. I think he means 2006 was, um, uh, anyway. Or you've never skated before. It's a perfect festive day or night out. And book um, before today, the 8th of October, but you can book any old time for a discount. Uh, Westfield, and then you find it at icerinkwestfieldlondon.co.uk. Icerinkwestfieldlondon.co.uk. Book your tickets, Westfield London, uh, Westfield, Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. And remiss of me not to say, to Sheen Arnott, who is the man who works at Westfield and works with us, um, he, his wife uh, gave birth to their first child yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Whose, uh, name is Frederick Leonard, um, which name. means that, you know, sort of two... Um, fast bowlers there, Fred yeah. Spofforth mm-hmm. and Lenny Pascoe, um, which I'm sure is not a coincidence given that he himself is named after Paul Sheehan. There you go. Uh, congratulations, Shagger. Um, Hall of Fame uh, today. Uh, so I, that's well, how it happens, yeah? Yeah, well, you know, Paul Sheehan's nickname was Shagger. He's was named it? after Paul right, Sheehan. Okay. It all lines up beautifully. Yeah. Uh, Vish, uh, what, what, what was your final word moment of the day? Uh, it's Kenobi Majib coming out with that box. How about that? How, how about in a professional game of cricket, um, having to delay the game, World a World Cup, no a World less. Cup. And Majib, who dropped, oh, we talked about drop catches early. That, the, the one that went down yeah. to third man, he sticks out one hand. I mean, that that is uh, about as uh, as bad. A, I would say soft an effort as you would yeah. see from a professional athlete. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether he was rattled, having forgotten the box earlier. What doing? How do you? Do, I mean, how do you do that really? Like, it, it's one thing to do it, you know, in a professional game at a World Cup. Bear in mind that Afghanistan head coach is Jonathan Trott, who. Famously leaves no stone unturned. Sleeps but, in his box. Yeah, famously. Sleeps yeah. in his lid. Yeah. <laughs> Actually quite uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Maybe <laughs> not one of the new ones, a multi-head. <laughs> but, no, I mean, like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I say that about Jonathan Trott, someone who um, he always takes, you know, no stone unturned. But that's bordering on parenting someone, isn't it? Telling them not to forget their box. Make sure you're wearing your box <laughs> going out there. Like... I think if you walk out there, much in the same way that you can be timed out, if you walk out there with any piece of equi- missing equipment, that's, sorry, that's it. You've got to stay there. <laughs> you, you don't get to have it back. You don't get to have it, you know, run out to you. Yeah. Also, who's holding his box? Yeah. 
Yeah, there, there are a lot of questions to be answered there for uh, Majib. We said he was unlucky earlier with the league before that wasn't well. Yes, maybe he was lucky. He got, not he to, got lucky in the end. Not, yeah. not to face up and cop one uh, in the end. What's, uh, I also um, popped down here just a Jonathan Trott response to the run out from Najibola. He did the whole doffing his cap thing, uh, the Afghanistan coach. I suppose they've been working on that and all those drills. Yeah, we see it. We're lucky to watch a lot of training for these teams the day before games and, and often they, they spend um, hour after hour trying to ping down one stump. So, you know, when a plan comes together... I suppose you can celebrate the downside being that he put down a crucial catch about 20 minutes later. Uh, that is the final word, Hall of Fame. And indeed, that is our show uh, for Westfield London. Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. We'll put the link to the ice skating in the show notes. We're going to be going um, to the opening night of that. Uh, oh. Me and my wife, Rachel, and my daughter, Winnie, who was running around a minute ago. So um, we'll, we'll be doing that. So um, I, I'm not saying join us there necessarily, but uh, make a night out with your family if you live in London. Thank you to Westfield for their support. Thank you to Vish for nipping over and doing this. You'll join us at different points through the competition on the Final Word Daily. This is one of two episodes today. The second ep is with Jeff in India. Yes, that's right. Jeff has gotten through the border. He's got a visa. We, we didn't want to announce that he was in <laughs> India until he's officially gotten through with his visa. He's through. He's at his hotel um, and he will be doing uh, the game between Sri Lanka and South Africa with Bharat Sundaresan later today. And in story time, we'll drop on Sunday morning. A well-oiled machine, the final word. Thank you, Vish. Thanks for listening or watching. This has been the final word daily. Uh, Bangladesh on the board. It's Tiger time. I am protected by the way I am fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty road this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself.